Welcome to the exam room. This is Brian Vardabedian, a.k.a. Dr. V from 33 Charts. I had the chance to sit down with Dr. Donna Coriel of SomiDocs to discuss the state of social media and medicine. We covered what she's up to with her growing network of physicians and how she is coaching and preparing doctors for life online. What I love so much about this episode is that we carry on like two friends over coffee, which is really kind of the sweet spot for me. It's what I always try to achieve for you, the listener. So I hope you enjoy it. Dr. Coriel, welcome to the exam room. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. So Donna, I just, I'm so thrilled to have you here. I know over the past couple of years, I've enjoyed watching you on Twitter and uh, the way that you are intentionally trying to raise the conversation around doctors and social media. Tell us specifically what you're trying to do with SomiDocs, right? Yes, yes. So uh, what I'm trying to do is to convince physicians that the online world can be leveraged in a positive way. And that's kind of the nutshell of what I do. Now, what I have created in order to do that is a space where I can um, have ongoing conversations and not just me, but have a space that's free for networking where physicians can connect and actively ask each other questions and grow by giving each other the resources we need. But that then also provide them with the tools needed to do that in very many ways that people can check out when we're done talking at somedocs.com. So, um, so Don, where where's the core place where docs who are part of your tribe go? Is it is it Facebook or is it another private? Is it a private Facebook group or where do they where do they go to hang out? Right, that's a great question, and this is great for teaching people how social media works. So, Facebook allows us to communicate with one another in real time, both in real time and continuously, whenever it's convenient for us. So mm-hmm. Facebook is the hub. It is the original space where we started to network and to talk. And that's a private physician only Facebook group that you can access by um, typing out SomiDocs doctors on social media. I have several spaces. So be careful and make sure you uh, get the right one. And that's literally just a private space where um, physicians and medical students and residents can all gather to network to literally just get together and talk about what we're doing both in the real world and online and how we can support each other and amplify one another so that more people see what we do. So Donna, let's I I'm I'm humiliated because I've not been in been in the group. I need to I need to jump into it and check it out, but tell me what happens there. Are the docs there talking about how to use social media or are they talking about burnout or frustrations with our hospital or PPE or whatever? Great question. And please don't feel humiliated. I think a lot of us are just learning about all the resources that are out there. There's it's, there's a vast amount. And so in the Facebook group, although the name is SomiDocs, Doctors on Social Media, it's more than just teaching everyone the tools of social media. It's also, it's also about providing the space by which we can actually connect and talk about our causes and amplify them. So the space, sure, we talk about social media tricks and tips, but we also connect on our specific issues. Now, because we grew so large, we're over 4,650 physician members and we're growing, and again, free. Because we are so large, I have had to basically create rules and 
put structure together so that mm-hmm. we all sort of collaborate, but in a more organized way. And so I lead this networking platform and I try to categorize everything based on topics. And that's what's so interesting about this space is that it's not just a free-for-all. It's definitely a space where I wanted us all to share our businesses and our links freely without feeling stifled, but also to have it organized not only for more impact for us to visually help us to just digest it all, but also because Facebook owns the, like at the end of the day, this is Facebook. And so I've got to abide by their algorithm so that more people actually see what we post. So it's a heavily moderated community moderated by you, right? It is. It's not heavily moderated where it comes to censorship per se. It's heavily moderated in that it needs to be organized because you can imagine when there's 4,650 people in one room and they all want to talk at the same time, you can't hear everybody. So I need to step up as leader and say, guys, we need this ruling. Not everyone can't just say, look at my thing, look at my thing, look at my thing. Like on Twitter, for example, we need a group, a community where there are threads where we can make it compact, where we can have, you know, this thread is about burnout. So everybody sort of Mm -hmm. writes what they do on burnout. And it's not limited to your work. It can also be just like a thought that you want to discuss with the community because you want to see how people feel about that topic. Now, additionally, we don't just share our work in the group. We also have discussions on certain topics. And that's where everybody is more than welcome to post and actually have a standalone post is when someone actually either asks a question or just posts a comment on something and wants to start discussions. So this is a this is a community that's not just centered on how to use social media. It's all kinds of issues related to doctoring in the 21st century, right? It is. And I realized I was sort of um, tackling a big feat. Like I wanted to accomplish a lot when I did that, when I said, I'm not just going to focus on social media. I'm going to focus also on our issues. Mm-hmm. The reason is that there's more than just understanding social media. There's something special about putting 4,600 physicians in one room, especially with the fact that I know how to use social media. I want to sort of fuel their passion and spark their inspiration to act to give them inspiration to actually like start their journeys and also find others in the group who they who each physician can collaborate with you know a little bit about my history and i you know started 33 charts a decade ago and handled some of the issues around how what do we do teaching social media and i just so i just want to tell kind of a funny story about when i stumbled upon one of your tweet chats because 10 years ago we we had all these conversations about what can we do? What can't we do? How do we start to use social media? I stumbled on one of your tweet chats a year or so ago, and I was listening to some really basic dialogue from doctors, obviously new to social media, talking about some basic stuff. And I thought to myself, holy Toledo, we, we did this eight years ago. And I kind of had this epiphany, which is that kind of what I did was sort of a little bit ahead of the parade. And we're, we've seen this introduction of a large number of doctors into social media who've never had the basic conversations that you're facilitating, right? Absolutely. So yeah, so it was just it was interesting to me because I was I, I had somehow thought that we had the docs who were going to be on social media had sort of already figured it out. And then I saw you come along and you started rekindling some of these basic conversations. And I thought originally I said, do we really need to do this? And then I saw what you were doing and I said, yeah, it makes perfect sense because the people that I was talking to eight years ago, you know, now weren't, you know, they weren't there then. 
Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I have a similar story. It may not have been eight years ago. It may have been five years ago, but I dabbled online too, and I did it as an individual. Now, I did it at a time where it wasn't socially accepted, and I still did it. I pushed through it. I pushed through all the eye rolls, um, through all the negative feedback, and I really believe that there was a purpose. For- what, what did you do, Dan? Wait, I'm sorry. What did you do, Dan? I, I missed oh, what you said yeah. you did. Oh. Yeah. So I actually started to blog and I decided to take my content online to Facebook and to actually create a professional page. And again, it it may not have been about giving out medical advice, but it was about sort of creating an online place where I could share a bit more about me and present the humanity aspect of life, meaning show that I am not just an internist, a primary care doctor, I'm also a human. Because at the end of the day, I was connecting so uniquely with with my patients behind closed doors, but I felt like those connections could actually take place outside of the closed doors too. Like I really felt like there was value to showing people how human I was so that they wouldn't feel intimidated to come see me in the office. And they would see that I you know, I'm just a human being. I struggle too. And I mm-hmm. have my own issues and I'm married like everyone else. And I have children and my children scream. And that was my initial sort of um, dabbling in social media. And it was met with a lot of criticism because my friends were all saying like, what are you doing? And why are you sharing that? Like doctors should be behind closed doors and yeah, the doctor. And I really didn't, understand why we couldn't open our minds up and sort of think beyond the box of what we should do versus what we can do. So Don, I, 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 uh, it's funny you, you bring this up about the, the docs who don't see it. I've, I've described this uh, like the docs who understand the value of a network and then there's docs who don't understand the value of a network. I, I call the ones who don't like inward facing and the docs who do like outward facing, they see the value of uh, being part of a network. So maybe that's what you're describing kind of. Absolutely. Well, that's that's the network aspect. Absolutely. So I was describing more of like my venture into social media and how an individual can be impacted, how their career can literally open up by dabbling online. And one of those ways is through networking. And again, yeah. so those are important to distinguish the fact that you can individually be amplified by dabbling online because you can make connections with patients and you can get visibility for your expertise versus you can also separately connect with other individuals in your space and you can actually start making impact with others who are doing the same. Right. And this idea of learning, you know, learning transparency or learning how to open the kimono or how much to open the kimono is it's really a process and it's a process that nobody really helps us understand how to do it. I remember when I was new to Twitter and, you know, weighing these things about talking about politics, talking about religion, do I disclose when I've been drinking alcohol? You know, lots of things that, I mean, some of these things that make us human, we want to share some things we want to hold back, right? How do you learn that? How do you learn that balance? I mean, I remember way back, it was hard. I know it now, but it's like, I guess you have to watch people, right? Oh, yeah. Like you hit on a great point. I was actually just teaching my masterclass this. They were asking me about the cautions that they should be careful with. And this is it. I mean, the fact that the whole world is, in fact, 
possibly watching you, you do have to understand that when you are active on social media, that everyone's watching. And so you do have to be careful about what you say. And so there's this really important and delicate balance between being, quote, authentic, which is like the hot word nowadays on social media is authenticity. Yeah. Of course, you should be authentic. You shouldn't lie. You should right. be yourself. But that's different than saying you should also be clever about strategy because, listen, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily your real life. It's your social media is what you put out there. It's what you're, you're curating presence. So you don't, like all of us are human beings. We're not necessarily going to go out and like give everybody, show everyone all our faults or how like all the bad things that we do, right? We mm. sort of have to focus on what is our aim here? If we do want to share certain aspects of our private life, then fine, but like sprinkle it in, choose what you want to share, but you you can still be authentic and curate presence online. Those are two different, but absolutely important points to understand. So not only let me unpack this issue of like a sort of aim and why people are there. One thing that I have noticed over the years is when docs dabble in Twitter, they or even professional use of Facebook, they kind of dive into it. They don't have a real purpose. Um, and I think there's, there's value to kind of poke in the box and seeing what's there. But I think at some point you have to have a purpose or a mission for being there, don't you think? Absolutely. And this is such an important conversation. So yours truly started out a lot wider than what I am today, um, a lot broader in the sense of I didn't really understand my purpose either. I sort mm -hmm. of took it on um, in a general sense. And I said, this is what I want to do. I want to somehow impact healthcare. I'm going to figure it out, but I'm going to allow myself the ability to discover how to do that as I grow. And so that sort of takes the pressure off and allows you really to learn in the best way possible, because I was able to sort of take 10 steps forward and then five steps back so that I'm still making progress, but I'm learning from my mistakes. But yet eventually, of course, we do want to define exactly what we're doing um, in order to have a purpose to spending our time doing it. Um, but there's nothing wrong with people that want to sort of dabble and still don't know. Um, to me, it's about personal growth. When you no longer enjoy dabbling, that's when you need to actually take a step back and say, I need to reevaluate what I'm doing. Either I don't have a purpose, the purpose isn't clear for me, or I need to just, you know, exercise my ability to do something else, maybe on a separate platform that actually does bring me joy or bring me closer to my endpoint goal uh, where it comes to my business or my voice or my whatever my goals um, are. Yeah, think, thinking more of it, you know, the greatest successes that I've had with various social media platforms has come when I have kind of jumped on and said, what's going on here? How do I poke the box? What happens when I push this button? Because it's really impossible, take Twitter, for example, for a physician to really even understand what the potential is there without jumping in and trying it out, you know? Totally. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, that's that's part of the masterclass that I teach is literally like telling each and every physician, these are your choices. Here's a very quick overview, a 101 of all the social media platforms that are out there for you to dabble in. Now, I want you to take what I just taught you and 
look into each one. Get a sense of what really grabs your attention or what you identify with, and then take a look, study it a bit, but then go in and try it out. If you feel good in that platform, if it really speaks to you and you just have a smile on your face as you're using it, then that's the platform for you to grow in first. Don, tell us about this masterclass. Um, What is it and who takes it? So right now, what I do, I'm trying to figure out like where I am, where my place is in this whole healthcare social media sphere, um, realizing that I have my own personal brand, Dr. Coriel, and then I have um, the big brand, Somedocs, which is looking to sort of amplify physicians and give them the space to shine. And so I took my personal brand and I said, how can I help physicians to grow on an individual basis, to learn the tools closer in, like, you know, in in a more personalized setting. So I've got my one-on-one consulting available, but I also wanted it to give physicians the option to learn in a group setting in a, with a more affordable price. And so that's how the masterclass was birthed. And so right now I have the beta version going and it's been going fabulously. And it's basically physicians that want to learn different aspects of social media. And so the the current masterclass is on branding, social media 101. Um, then we do strategy and implementation. And it's a four-week um, it's a four-week session that uh, takes place in a closed Facebook group. And it's been fabulous. That's great. Um, so do you the the people who you've been engaging with on your beta these are people who are pretty novice or they're people who have already dipped their toes in and want to kind of go to the next level? Yeah, great question. You can be either um, because the whole point is that even people that have been doing this for a while sometimes need someone like me to almost coach them. I mean, a social media coach is a good term for what I do to coach them through like taking a few steps back and looking at the landscape and really understanding and defining some of the terminology that you need to set into place before you go and start to create content. Because like you said in the beginning of where when we spoke, right? You were like, what's your purpose? If you have no purpose, then what's the point? Yeah. And some people get frustrated, even though they're into it like a couple of years or a bunch of tweets, a bunch of tweets later, they're saying, wait, this is not bringing me happiness. What is my point? And so that's where they need someone like me is to show them exactly what could be the point and what should be your point. And so that's, you know, that's where a masterclass comes in. And then separately, I'm working on, you know, I'm able to edit videos and do things like I've dabbled online for so long that I know how to work every single platform. And so I'm trying to figure out a way to build courses for people to actually consume passively, meaning without me at the helm but consume it passively so that they can have me teaching them um, through video. So that's coming in the, hopefully in the near future as well. Yeah, that sounds great. I, uh, the listeners may or may not know, I did ran digital professionalism for Baylor for three years and did a lot of teaching on the secondary medical education and took some of what I learned and put into this, uh, an ebook or uh, yeah, an ebook that I, that I published four or five years ago called the public position that the the experience was kind of interesting, Donna, because one thing I learned, and I learned this from doing training at Baylor and other public position workshops, this is my experience, and you can sort of push back on me with this, but 
I found that if we take, for example, 20% of American physicians use Twitter or Facebook on some professional level, sort of a blue sky figure, those people, a lot of, a lot of them have figured it out. And then there's the 80%, the inward facing docs who don't believe that Twitter has any value. They're the ones that need the course, but they won't take it. So um, I had a hard time pushing the book. I mean, I had a few thousand downloads, but you see my dilemma there? It's like the people who need it won't, won't, won't download it, but then the people who already are on Twitter maybe don't need such a basic thing. How do we reconcile that? Yeah. So first and foremost, I think what's important for your audience to realize is that there's much more than Twitter to this, you know, to, yes, to this, right, right, right. this playing field. So like, I, I agree. I think Twitter is just one piece of the puzzle here. Um, mm-hmm. I wish I could show you an image of the way that I think of social media brands and the way that we fit into the, um, the sphere. And when I say brand, I refer to a physician because these days physician brands are literally who we are, our intellectual property, what we stand for. It's more than just like a product. So Mm -hmm. our brands, the best way to look at this is you can own a piece of the real estate, a piece of the online real estate, right? By creating a, a website for yourself. So that's a, that's something that you completely own. That's yours. Just like a podcast. Those, those are very two similar things. A website where you either have a, like a stationary CV or a blog, which you regularly update or a podcast. That's literally your real estate property, meaning you are in control of it. You can make the rules. You don't have to Um, abide by anyone's algorithm. You are literally determining how it runs. And then the social media platforms that are in existence today are the spaces where you sort of shine and where you create presence for yourself that an audience gets attracted to, but then gets fed into your website. Because if you inspire people in these social media platforms or make connections or get your like healthcare point across that you're an expert in, then people want to follow you. And that's where there is so much impact to be had um, on a personal level, where it comes to your practice or to you being a thought leader or to you getting speaking engagements. You have to, as an individual physician, like actually understand that that diagram exists and understand how that diagram works before you can be convinced to actually dabble in these waters of the online world. And so it's, I understand where you're coming from because it's a very scary space to to delve into and it can be overwhelming, but that's where people like you and I can, can sort of help because we can really simplify things and we can explain to the doctor exactly why being a part of it is going to help him or her, no matter what they want to do. And and I just want to say really fast that that's the point here is that Doctors sometimes have it painted a certain way, like, oh, you only need to be on social media if you want to sell a product. Absolutely not. Right, you right, can be right. On social media for like a million different reasons. And some of the hot ones that physicians really gravitate towards include being a thought leader, having media reach right. out to the source, right? And yeah, exactly. Practice, beating burnout because you found hobbies, um, making policy changes because you found other physicians that feel the same way as you. And so you congregate together and you go to Washington, D.C. to like advocate for change. But again, so many possibilities. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think, yeah, this this idea of about having to always have a call to action for everything is nonsense because there are some people who 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 want to write creatively and they just want a space to share what they're writing. And they have different all kinds of different reasons for having a, a space. Uh, I just want to follow up on this landscape thing you're referring to. I, I sometimes when I work with docs call that a digital map, and that is where they kind of see themselves in that landscape. And there was a early marketing expert, pardon that, uh, but Chris Brogan, early on in the days of social media, he, he always used to say that you should have a home base, which is the property you control and own and create your content. And then outposts like Twitter, LinkedIn, you create your brilliance on your home base, you go to your outpost to bring the brilliance back. So kind of the same thing that you said in a different way. Absolutely. If we just talk about Twitter, I, I and to your point, there are lots of properties out there. There's there's there's, there's podcasts. There's writing. There's images. So all, but we just use Twitter as just sort of an example. As more and more docs have gotten on board, and as things have kind of started to heat up, and over the past two weeks, there have been uh, two prominent members of the medical community who've been uh, driven off Twitter due to some level of bullying and harassment. Do you think Twitter is becoming kind of a toxic place, or how do you see that? I do see Twitter as having toxic qualities to it. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it takes clever strategizing through um, online presence. And I think you have to be careful about what you tweet. You have to be careful about understanding how social media waters are navigated through, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I see a lot, a lot of um, arguments and scrutiny Right. Um, and I, I don't love it all because I am someone that under, really, really wants to give people the benefits of doubt. And just because they say something that may come off as, as bad or wrong doesn't mean they're bad humans. And I see a right. lot of that on Twitter, especially on Twitter. I see a lot of judgments and a lot of we're very quick to judge people. And we don't just give people a chance to be human. Like you don't have to agree with one another on everything. My gosh, like right. you can literally have different differences of opinions with people and you can still get along. Right. I mean, how right. would we be if we all thought the same? Is that even, I don't even think that's possible. That would be like, I guess that some people consider that a utopian society, but I actually don't, first of all, don't think it's feasible because the human race likes to bring about change and how else would we innovate unless we let people think differently, right? Right. Um, and, you know, to your point, I think you said that the idea of this nav navigating waters, this is a the communication environment, if you would just use Twitter as an example, is really pretty complex. And we take digital natives who were used to using public networks in one way and dump them into residency. They really have no idea really how to handle their new limits or their to your point, their brand or, or, or how to handle their voice. And so we do a lousy job uh, training our trainees and even our people who are training our trainees uh, how to do this. And maybe that's where the, the masterclass comes in for those uh, people who are training others. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I really just give them the basic tools and I help them to sharpen their own brands. I think it mm -hmm. takes a lot, a lot of practice and many years of dabbling online to really almost to realize to open your eyes and look around and realize like my god i am a leader the fact that i am a physician and i am a professional in and of itself makes me a leader in society it's you know i you 
again, this is where the whole like authenticity versus like sharing everything comes into play. Like at the end of the day, you still want to curate a brand that is a professional brand, someone that, you know, people can look up to and not look down on. And that doesn't mean you can't have different things be your signature. You can still, you know, there are many physicians, for example, who use bad words and that whether it's acceptable or not is up to you for debate. We could talk about that on a different podcast. But the point is that, you you know, others, you know, kind of talk about their problems and, and talk about what they struggle with. And that's okay too, because that could be part of strategy, right? Like mm-hmm. your strategy could be like sharing a specific problem that you grapple with because others can then connect with you and follow you on that problem. And sometimes connecting like that can actually help in starting to find solutions is that all of these people are now getting together to solve a common problem and there's power, you know? Yeah. Um, And, and honestly using language, we want to call it bad language is also part of a strategy too, because we know that the more noise that's out there, what draws attention on social media emotion and volatility. And we, and people learn very quickly that when they, use certain words, certain language, and it, it stirs things. And um, well, to your point, this is a huge, huge subject. Oh, not only is it a huge subject, it's so interesting. This whole topic fascinates me because it's like the exact opposite of medicine, meaning like in medicine, the traditional way of rising in the ranks in medicine is like to be this person who is super professional and like accomplish a lot and be smart, but like sort of don't show that side of you that is human, like just always be perfect and always be prim and proper. Whereas suddenly we're faced with putting ourselves into the online world, like we're starting to be professionals online where the exact opposite sometimes allows us to rise in the ranks. So online, it's the personalities that make the splashes and are more extreme with Mm -hmm. and sort of like really make noise, those are the people that are actually, that actually right. get amplified. And so it's a hard thing. It's a disconnect. And another thing we talk about rules is, this, this is sort of a little bit of a separate topic, but just tell me if you've seen this. I, in conversations with docs who use Twitter, I get this real sense that a lot of docs don't like the idea that there's restraint or rules to anything they can do, that they do. Because it seems like there's it, it runs counter to the libertarian spirit of medicine's growing online culture. Um, and this is like the last space that's truly ours. Everyone controls us. But I know this when we try to bring up rules rules and limits on Twitter, sometimes I get some pushback. Oh, I love this topic. Here's why I love this topic. And I'm not, it, it's too long to talk about here, but I myself, so I was a practicing internist until the new year of 2020. And I left medicine because of all of the things I felt were broken. And I can talk about that for hours. Many, many, many things. I wrote an article on Medscape. I wrote another. But the point is that I created Docs in part to empower the individual physician because the online space is one of the only ways that I feel like we can actually make a difference individually, A, we can actually make a difference individually and mm-hmm. finally add worth to who we are. Meaning 
It literally ups our worth in real life so that, okay, let me explain it to you in easy way, simple, like in any, with an example, right? You take a doctor who is a Joe Schmo doctor who is amazing because he's a doctor, she's a doctor, but take them, but then take the same doctor who's now got leverage because they're present online. They've got, you know, 25,000 followers who love what they do and they're worth a lot more because suddenly, right, it, even though she's working for an organization. She's got people walking through the door asking to see her because they follow her online. She's got people that are asking her to, to for quotes from media because she's such an expert because she's dabbled online and shows how smart that she was. And all of a sudden, your voice matters to your organization. All of a sudden, right. more than if you would, if you were just the, the doctor that we were before, which again is less and less important. For various reasons, because we're becoming, I mean, medicine becoming more industrialized as you as you learned before you left. We're we're especially if you're one of the fifty percent of U.S. physicians who are employed, you're just sort of a you're in the system and so forth. And to your point, visibility creates opportunity, right? Absolutely, and I love what you said. Industrialized. I mean, we. I felt like a cog in the wheel, mm-hmm. and this is a way to at least to if you must continue as a cog in the wheel, give yourself some worth, like make your employer understand how valuable you are because you put such quality content out there. So yeah, if I, you know, if I couldn't have conversations with you or on Twitter or uh, around a post or a phone call from someone who saw one of my posts, I don't know where I'd be because it, it saved me from burnout. My ability to have an outlet to sort of create and to share and connect with you and other people has been so valuable to my sustainability. Me too. And it's funny you say that because to me, this is just one of the angles is beating burnout. And it's such a simple angle to say that the second you dabble online, you meet all these people that like literally open up your mind, but it's true. And, and what kills me the most, no pun intended, cause I, you know, a physician should not use the word kill really, yes. but <laughs> what kills right. me the most is when I meet non-physicians who have no insight as to the ills that are happening in healthcare, it kills mm-hmm. me. Because that was what I originally set out to do when I dabbled online. When I started the blog, I was like, hmm, maybe I should let people be aware of all the bro- why we are cogs in the wheel. But A, w- while you're still employed, you can't do that because you're employed to the organization that is abusive to you. So right, right, right. very difficult to do. And then um, it's also difficult because, um, again, there's nuance to it. There's the, people are judgy. People are looking at you like the the rest of the world just can't grasp how a physician can complain about getting burnt out or that they're not getting enough because to them we are quote privileged and yet we many of us are broken on the inside. And so there is so much work to do and I think that the online world at least gives us one tool by which we could start to fix this issue. Donna, how can people find out about the uh, amazing work you're doing with Somi Docs and your masterclass and other stuff? What's your What does your footprint look like? Thank Map. you for asking me. So my per- so I have two brands going. I have my own personal brand. That's Dr. Coriel. You can find me across social media as Dr. Coriel and at drcoriel.com. That's where I share a lot more like of me, of my personal growth mm-hmm. and life after medicine and things like that. I'm looking to start a podcast. And then there's Somi Docs. So we're known as... Doctors on social media or SomiDocs, our handle across social media is SomiDocs. And we've got a website that is our hub at SomiDocs.com. 
So to anyone listening, I always suggest as the very first step for anyone diving into social media is to find yourself a great role model. And Dr. Donna Coriel is an excellent example of balance and poise in the online space, especially given the current climate of of division and hostility and other things we're starting to see people pulled into. And, and feel likewise that you are also just such a wealth of knowledge where it comes to the online world. So thank you for giving me this opportunity. Dr. Coriel, thank you for this lively conversation and thanks for offering such a razor sharp insight into doctors and the state of social media. When I work with docs around social media, I always like to talk about finding your superpower. And uh, while for you, that may include graphics, and we need to have you back to talk about that, and photography, conversation, I believe, is your superpower. And as I said in the pre-call, I think you would knock it completely out of the park with a podcast. So we're we're all waiting for you to start that podcast, and uh, we can we can amplify it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dr. Carroll. Thank you for joining us in the exam room. If you like what you heard here, please rate the program, review us, or let folks know about us. And if you have any really cool ideas that you'd like discussed here, please feel free to let us know. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.